Hello and welcome to another episode of The Insurance Dudes. We have been talking about the five P's of your agency over the course of the last few episodes here. And we are now on processes, which is number four, the fourth P. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. So welcome back. If you've been following along, then you know we first talked about purpose, then we talked about our principles, which are core values, and then the purpose is our why, and then the people, which we're going to do a deeper dive a few episodes down the road where we get into some hiring, get into some recruiting, do some other stuff along the lines of people. But these are sort of the higher level views just so you get the juices flowing and really get an understanding of what's going on and start to think about installing these things in your agency. But Let's talk about processes because this is a really critical piece of the puzzle in creating that foundational piece of your agents of your agency that can then support a high powered offense because you want to be scoring touchdowns and selling lots of policies. So let's do that. We're going to dive in now. All right. We are back. We're back. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. So Let's let's just dive in. So let's talk real quick about processes. What are processes? We we hear this all the time, but it's a way in which things are done in a business. It's specifically here in your agency, so that we can really make it a lot better for us, right? Create some organization to our organization. I mean, it's called an organization for a reason, right? Not because it's a disorganized. And we'll see uh, by the end of this how processes really do help tighten up the ship and get things running more smoothly. So, uh, but, but what are processes? Well, it's really creating the frameworks, uh, putting the frameworks down on paper or in some digital form where people can access it, where we can look at these well, clearly defined process flows that are going to tell folks how to do basically anything in the agency. That's what we want to have. We don't want to create a bureaucratic nightmare but we want people to be able to prevent themselves from asking you. You don't want to be Google. And it doesn't take a long time for this to happen, right? For us to to either become Google and that's all that it ever is, or the other way, actually build these things out and have a much, much cleaner environment. So couple things. Let's look at, this is a lot more proactive, right? People in business talk about all the time, whether uh, or in life, being proactive versus being reactive. And we want to eliminate a situation where we're being reactive because we become highly ineffective and inefficient when we are in reactive mode. So let's think of it this way, right? When we're preactive or when we're proactive, it helps us stay ahead of issues, have foresight to kind of cut things off before they get out of control. When there's no processes, one of our guests that we've had in the past, Laura Harris, I just remember so clearly her saying that if you don't have processes, you can't scale because you can't scale chaos. If you scale chaos, you are burning money. And so we want to do that, right? It's very expensive, very expensive if it's a mess. Think of anything, right? In business, we test things at a small level. Like if you're going to run ads, you run ads and you're doing a couple dollars a day. You're not going in and doing a $10,000 a day budget because that would be crazy, right? You're not going to test things out 
on big money. And the same way, why would we be running our agency in test mode? We need to test at a very small level what things work and then go big with them. So that's important. And, and think of it this way, time, right? The most precious resource gets compressed when we have processes in place. Think of all the times that people will interrupt other people, whether they're interrupting your other producers, or interrupting your other service people, interrupting you. But the, the amount of time that it takes to go from being effective, let's say you're writing some marketing material, really high value activity for you as the business owner, and it requires a lot of brain power to do that. And so being in a quiet environment, uninterrupted, being able to think and really come up with creative ideas, it's monumentally important that people aren't interrupting you. Well, if we have a situation where that is happening, then it could lead to a lot of lost and wasted time. And then, of course, frustrations and resentments, and then things get out of control. And then you pull away, don't care, becomes a back to reactive mode. So we have to tip that scale so we're being proactive. Processes bring that structure. It's what to do and when to do it. And that's what we need to do, right? When are we going to do this process, uh, the cancellation process? Okay, we define it. We, we articulate why it's important. We put down all the steps so that anybody could do it if they're handed the piece of paper or uh, logged into the process library or wherever you have it, clearly defined. So everybody doesn't need to memorize these things, but if they do these things, then they certainly need to look at the instructions on how to do it. That's what this does, right? So um, creating that consistency will then lead to predictability to your agency. And guess what happens when we have predictability? we get freedom, right? If there's predictability about what will happen and when it will happen, when we do different inputs or when we do different activities, we know what the result's going to be because we've tested it by doing the processes that are clearly defined and we do those over and over and over again. Well, if we have predictability, this now makes us a non-important piece of the puzzle in the day-to-day -day operations. And this, my friends... This, my insurance dudes and dudettes, is the ultimate agency freedom. If you want to go to Portugal for a month, I encourage you to have processes. If you want to go to Hawaii for a month, I encourage you to have processes, to have all of the other P's set in place so that when you start investing heavily in the marketing component, which has to happen if you're going to drive high-powered results and create equity in your book, not just income, but equity and income then we need to do that. So really, really, really key. Really interesting concept. And I thought I'd be excited to share this piece. Think of it also from this perspective. If we are increasing our effectiveness with processes by putting all of these processes in, in place, we are then more prone and more likely to make logic-based decisions. So if we make logic-based decisions, we're fairly simple, right? There's a left brain activity. Uh, there's a clear set of rules, right? We have the processes in place. So when something comes up, we look at the process on how to handle that situation, follow the process, decision is made based on the process and that we that was agreed upon when the process was done and boom, no heavy amount of energy or emotional component placed into that decision. And what does that do? That frees up your emotional bandwidth to train, 
to coach, to mentor your team, which also requires a significant amount of emotional, not also, that does contain, right? So we want to, instead of making emotional decisions, we're doing logic-based decisions and then we're training emotionally, but that's where we connect with our people and, and things get done when we're driven by that purpose, using the emotion on that component. Not doing it, obviously, is the difference, right? It's the flip side of it. If we don't do that, we're perpetuating chaos. And what's that going to do? That's going to flip it so that we're making emotional, reactive decisions, not fun. We start getting sideways and the wheels fall off. And then when they need us, when they need us to be training them and supporting them, now we're doing it with logic and they're not going to connect with that, right? It's imagine arguing with your spouse and they're heated because maybe you did something that upset them. They're heated and you're going to try to logically argue why you did the thing that you did when they're already emotional. It's not going to work. We've all been there, right? We've all been on both sides of that. And just think of the roles there and what happens, right? We don't want to become reactive. So avoid that. It's going to work out much better. So what are the key elements? What are the key elements of effective processes? Well, we need a central location. We need them to be user-friendly. Remember KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. We want to keep these things simple. Don't overthink them. Don't make them too complicated. But at the same time, make them clear. So everything has to be clear so it's easy to follow. It has to be clear so that there's no question, so they can't wiggle out of it. But we also don't want to make it like the freaking tax code where it's impossible and then nobody ever pulls it up because it's like, ah, I don't even, yeah, right? We don't want to go there. So um, cool. I love that part. Oh, we talked about the ego, right? And the ego is going to sometimes come in and create this my way or the highway. My way or the highway ain't that effective. It's our way or the highway. And really, it's it may be your agency, but if you stomp around like Darth Vader saying that it's your Death Star, they're not going to have as much respect as if it's everybody's agency. Think of the buy-in that any organization gets when the members are also owners or the members are, are also the workers or what have you, right? Make them part of it. It's the culture. Build the culture. And so you have to be adaptable. So it's not my way or the highway. It's everybody's on board and everybody agrees with these things. And it's important to not just say that it's an open door policy, but to actually walk that walk. Continuous improvement will result from having open feedback and doing feedback loops to make sure that it's working. Right? We want to optimize these processes over time. We can revisit things. And this is why it's so important to do daily meetings, because even though we're going to be more most heavily uh, focused on sales training during those those meetings. Uh, we're also going to take care of some operational stuff, and that's this is where that is, right? It could be that, uh, let's say there's a process. Oh, I could give an example. At my agency, a few years ago, we created a process called the three swings, first swing, second swing, third swing. Um, and these were basically just easy ways to remember this uh, a follow-up sequence that we would do. And originally, it was uh, we had set it up where there were three scheduled calls that would happen within the first month of somebody signing up with us. A welcome call, a follow-up call about a week later, and then two weeks out from that, another call. 
and they all had they all have specific definitions and outcomes of why we're doing them and, and uh, the expected metrics that we test against. We're not going to get into that. That's number five, performance. So uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole. However, those three swigs, what happened was the salespeople would close the business and then adios. Well, uh, the service team came to one of the meetings and, and, and suggested that you know, they didn't have the relationship with the people yet. And they thought that maybe the first call should, would be better if it went the salesperson. Everybody talked about it. We talked about the pros and cons of each side of it. And we actually ended up deciding that uh, the salesperson would do the 24-hour call. Then they would more or less, or they would tee it up for the service team who would then take on calls numbers two and three. So if I said service on the first one, what they did was they took sales would take that first swing, then service. So what was really valuable about that was we we just kept it open. Uh, the service team had some feedback about it. They thought that it would be more effective if the sales team did it. They came with a compelling argument and reason why. And we did the pros and cons, decided on it. So once we did it, tested it, and guess what? We got more results, better results, more booked life appointments, more uh, cross-sells when we had the salesperson do the first call. So there you go. And that's exactly the way that you can walk through and keep those open feedback loops so that we can change things. It's not just they're complaining, oh my gosh, I got to change something. Eh, we don't want to approach things like that. Approach with curiosity. And we want to assume that folks have good intent, that they're not just lazy, and that's why they don't want to do it. Again, when you create the buy-in by having the right foundation with the purpose and the uh, principles and then the right people, now it's easier to get that buy-in, right? And that's the next part right here is implementing those processes because you want collaboration. You want a collaborative team. You want culture. Uh, so you're going to get the buy-in you need by having processes and letting them help you build them. So let's discuss real quick, right? It's going to connect the team members because they're building something together. Think of, I remember I worked at, uh, before I owned my agency, uh, when I was at Merrill Lynch, they did a thing where uh, the local Merrill Lynch office did a Habitat for Humanity, where we went out, we helped build a house, did this whole thing and built a house for somebody, a uh, family who needed it. And so it was a great cause. It was fun to go out and do. But at the same time, uh, we were there and we were working on some uh, some various ways to create a uh, sales structure. So we were developing the processes and collaborating as a team on this, this project, this Habitat for Humanity. And it really helped bind everybody because while we were also doing this work, we were working together on that thing with the common goal of helping this other family. So it was really cool and a way to get that collaboration. Another thing that's important about it is, and like my previous example with the three swings, is having having a collaborative environment where you're open to those feedbacks or the feedback loops is uh, creates really, really good connection between your departments. So some of you may not even have separate departments, but Typically, as we grow, we'll, we'll end up with a service and a sales department. And then if we grow more, then that could get further split up, right? Sales could become property and auto and life. And you could boom, boom, boom. We could keep, as we grow, we keep adding departments and growing 
uh, each one makes it much easier. Well, that's we're going to stop there. I do have a few more points on processes, but I didn't want to fill you up with too much stuff and have you tune out. So I am hopeful that you're still listening. If you are, we went over a few of the pieces of the fourth P, which was processes. We talked about why it's so important. We talked about the key elements of the effective processes. We talked about the roles of the processes and then how that can lead to collaboration in your agency. So I think that right now you have a a really solid base of some things you could do to create that foundational component so you could build and scale and create equity in your agency. So hang out, be here for the next episode. How are you going to do that? Well, by subscribing, of course. Subscribe and you'll get the second half of this episode, which is going to come out in a couple days. So appreciate you listening. We will talk soon. Don't forget, subscribe, like, leave feedback. Do all those things. We'll talk soon.